District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome to District of Conservation. This is Gabriella Hoffman, your host. I hope you guys have been enjoying our 2022 episodes that we've been kicking off the podcast with. We have our first guest coming on the podcast next Monday when I travel to SHOT Show for you all to listen to and to learn more about Young Voices and how there are other writers following the energy and environment beat who are also in the center-right space. There are many, many more of us. I'm not the only one, so I wanted to do my best to elevate others who I think are really leading important conversations and discussions. And the two individuals I'm bringing on, Kat Dwyer and Patrick Hines, are people you ought to familiarize yourself with. So you'll get to learn about them and their backstory and their recent work. But today we're going to focus briefly on two interesting items. But before I move to today's episode, please be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Make sure to listen to past episodes if you're just tuning into the show for the first time. And please, please, please leave us reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would love to see the show get more traction. We're just about to hit 50,000 listens and downloads. I think by the time this episode airs, we will hit that milestone. So we'll celebrate accordingly. But thank you for listening to the show. Here is our episode for January the 11th. Enjoy. I've talked about the upcoming elk hunt slated for October 2022 this fall here on the podcast several times. Now, our state wildlife agency, the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources, just revealed all the details for the upcoming application. Now, the process may seem confusing on the surface, and until I saw all the formal details a few months ago and when I wrote about it, It was a little confusing to me, but now the department has cleared the air for what the process will be. If you had any confusion, I will help explain the process to you. So starting February 1st, the application to apply for an elk hunt lottery tag, the non-refundable application fee will be live from February 1st to March 30th. So that's ample time for you, whether you live in Virginia or if you're from out of Virginia, to apply for the elk hunting license application fee. Now everyone thinks or probably had thought that they had to pay that plus the special elk tag license fee. That is only if you are selected as one of the five winners. So in the first hunt, with it being the first inaugural hunt, they're only limiting the lottery hunt to five participants who will target five bull elk during the week of October 8th through the 14th. So that's pretty far away from now, but it's coming soon. The year's going to go by fast. It'll be here before you know it. But this lottery specifically, if you want to enter to be eligible to potentially win the f- five, one of the five seats, one of the five tags, it costs you $15 if you're a Virginia resident like me, or if you're a non-resident, it is $20. Throughout this process, they will randomly draw five winners to hunt five bull elk during that week in October that I just mentioned, and winners will be notified no later than May 30th of this year. For those five winners, they will have to then obtain the special elk hunting license online, ideally, before the October hunt. If you fail to purchase a license 
Within 30 days of notification that you won, the tags will then be awarded to alternates who qualify and pay the fee. Now, for Virginia residents, the fee is not so bad. It's like 40 bucks. However, if you're a non-resident hunter, it's going to be $400 for you if you win and are selected from the draw. However, if you successfully draw the tag and you hunt, whether or not you get an elk or not, you won't be eligible to reapply for the lottery for another three years. And I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the point system because I am still very early in my hunting journey. It's still in its infancy. But from what I understand, other states, I think Kentucky and Pennsylvania, have a preference point system where if you apply and you don't get it, you can build up points and then eventually you may qualify to hunt given preference points you have. But the department says that they won't be issuing preference point for this upcoming hunt because they believe it would rapidly result in a seemingly insurmountable advantage for those individuals who applied annually during the initial years of the elk hunt. And the reasoning for that, for using a completely random drawing system, is to make elk opportunities in the state equally accessible for new and young hunters as well as for veterans. And they want, in essence, In essence, they want applicants to have an equal chance of being drawn every year while avoiding potential point creep problems. And that is straight from the DWR website. Winners also are encouraged to refrain from hiring guides and outfitters. Instead, they recommend hunters have people to assist them in the event that they successfully harvest one of the five bulls that'll be allowed to be hunt for field processing for field dressing and processing if one is successful in the field. The inaugural tag lottery winners will be required to use a rifle chambered for a 23 caliber cartridge or higher, and also hunting with dogs is prohibited, although it is allowed for some forms of deer hunting here in Virginia, so don't hunt with dogs if you win. And they state at the end of the update for the elk tag that the upcoming elk hunt is in line with the mission statement of the agency and that hunting is conservation, stating we view our first managed elk hunt in the EMZ or the elk management zone as a milestone of success for our elk restoration program. And if you want to learn more, I talk about this in my new article for Free Range American, which is a subsidiary of Black Rifle Coffee Company. And you can also find all these details that I discussed on the department's website, DWR. On social media, you probably saw my announcement for this upcoming talk I'm going to be delivering at Florida State University. It is in partnership with the Florida State University Young Americans for Liberty chapter, College Libertarians, and the Leadership Institute, which is my old workplace. I worked there from 2012 to 2016, and I'm going to be discussing gun rights in 2022. I will be speaking at the DeVoy L. Moore Center in Bellamy, 150. It'll be January 26, 2022 at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Some of you have asked me if there will be a broadcast of the recording. I think it is feasible to do it, and I will try to sync it to my YouTube account because I know there is an interest in hearing my lectures, and I want to do the best to try to bring them. Whether or not they'll be recorded live, maybe we will pre-record it and then upload it to my YouTube account a few days later or a day or two later. So we'll figure that out. But I promise you in some form or fashion, you guys will see some of my speech. What is the context of the speech that I'll be delivering as it pertains to gun rights? There's a lot that is circulating. I'm going to kind of discuss the atmosphere 
kind of the contrast between what we're seeing federally and in different states and localities and how those contrast one another. I will talk about the upcoming Supreme Court case as to whether or not the Supreme Court laws that are still outstanding in nine states across the country. And I believe those states are an unsurprising list of contenders, my former home state of California, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, and Rhode Island. And that should be really interesting to discuss. We're going to talk about permitless carry, especially in Florida, because their governor, Governor Ron DeSantis, is weighing whether or not to sign permitless carry into law if bills are presented before his desk. He has said publicly he would sign some semblance of that bill into law if it were brought before him. So that's encouraging. And different other states, particularly red states, have passed permitless carry. So we'll talk about permitless carry as it relates to Florida. We may touch upon, I may touch upon ghost gun bans and whether or not the custom-made guns that have become so controversial truly are ghost guns, untraceable guns out there, citing some different cases out of Nevada. And then I think maybe just culturally what's happening, just the continued surge of gun purchases, gun owners, new gun owners, people spanning different racial, socioeconomic backgrounds who are purchasing firearms in droves. So we'll talk about trends, policy, and the like within an hour or so time frame. And yes, like I said, I will do my best to transmit it to you all through YouTube. God willing, we'll try to do that. I'll work with the students who are hosting me to find a way to do it. Like I said, if it's not going to be recorded live, if we do decide to record my remarks, we will pre-record it and then upload it to YouTube and clips of it onto my social media accounts. Thanks for listening to this installment of District of Conservation. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat nor a guest announcement. Make sure you're subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, our highest listening platform, and also find us on Spotify, which is also a popular choice, and wherever podcasts are played. If you ever have any questions, thoughts, concerns, go leave some reviews for us in these respective podcast players, especially Apple. And let us know what you'd like to hear or who you'd like me to interview next. We have much, much more content ahead in 2022. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.